1: And as Johnny Dollar? This is Bob Case, Dollar,
2: Piedmont Mutual. I've got to see you right away.
3: What's the rush?
2: The girl was pulled out of the East River. It turned out to be a policy holder.
3: What am I, a private eye? Why don't you go to the police to find your killers?
4: Oh, we know the killer. He's being executed
1: right after midnight. What we want to know about is the victim. <laughs>
5: Edmund O'Brien in another transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office Piedmont Mutual Life Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my search for the beneficiary of policyholder Pearl Carassa. Expense account, item one 450, mileage, Hartford to Sing Sing Prison, last place of residence of the girl's convicted murderer, Marty Pruitt. He was sitting in his cell playing solitaire. Hey, what time is it? About 11, Marty. An hour more.
6: How much you say the policy was for? $5,000. 5,000. <laughs> That's funny. Just what I got paid for the job. Who'd she leave it to, the old
3: lady? Yeah. yeah.
6: I knew she would. You know where I can find the beneficiary? The beneficiary. You didn't know the beneficiary, did you?
3: Never had the pleasure. And if you'd known her, you wouldn't be looking for her. Mrs. Carras's virtues are none of my business, Marty. The company is $5,000, and I've got to help them get rid of it. What good are you doing yourself by not telling me where she is, if you know what time is it now?
6: A little after 11. Boy, did that money look good. You know all the things you can do with $5,000? This girl back home. I was going to get married. Ah, nah. I wasn't going to get
3: married. I'd have put it in roulette like all them other times. You never did say who hired you.
6: Nah, that's right. I never did.
3: Marty, I know you've been through this before, but you got to admit it's a good point. You're going to die, and the real murderer is getting off free. Does that make sense to you? What's your business, mister? Insurance.
6: Stick to it. I think I will. You know what I'd do if I was you? I'd take that $5,000 and put it in flowers.
3: Thanks, anyway.
6: Hey, Dollar, let me give you some last-minute advice. Leave it alone. It's the most unnatural mess you ever got yourself into in all your life.
1: (laughs)
3: Fence account, item 2, 356, mileage, Ossining, New York, to police headquarters, New York City. By the next morning, Lieutenant Bernard Goldberg offered me photographs of the dead girl, a cigar, and what little information he had. A body. We got the name off the wallet in her hip pocket. What? slacks. Oh. A patrolman down at the docks picked up Marty Pruitt right at the scene. The trial was cut and dry. But it's funny about these guys... It's crazy loyalty to somebody okay. who maybe wouldn't think twice about Hello, slipping Lieutenant. his own. Yeah. Uh,
6: two M's in remit.
3: Uh, Donna, two M's in remit. No. No.
5: Thanks, Ruth, Donna.
3: You don't have any idea where I can start looking for the mother. Most I can do for you is to give you the girl's last known address. But we've been over the ground a hundred times. It's a Roman house. Nice but stupid old couple that don't know nothing. This Seattle address on the policy... In 1941. Of... Mm. Then San Diego, then to Cairo, maybe. Who can know? But we're still working on it. Hey,
2: Lieutenant, how do you spell parasitical?
3: tell dollar. Parasitical. Tell him to look it up. Look it up, Sergeant. What am I, your Webster? Expense account, item three, $1.50 cab fare to a stack of dirty bricks in the Lower East Side.
7: Well, you have no business being up here in the first place. And especially with your husband in that condition. Looking for somebody, mister?
3: Yeah, the manager.
7: Third daughter, you're right. Thanks. Now, don't tell me it's none of my business. Not when I bring soup down there every single day. I never
8: heard the like of you. Oh, you come in. Like it Howard, why don't you
3: sit down? Thanks. You the manager? I am
8: the manager. Howard's the manager.
3: Well, my name is Johnny Dollar. I'm with the... Huff... all
8: right. We don't ask for references, do we, Howard?
2: Except in the special circumstances.
3: I'm afraid you misunderstand. I'm not looking for an apartment. I'm an investigator with an insurance company, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. We never had a fire in
8: this building that was next door. They keep rubbish in the basement.
3: The company's warned them time and time again.
8: Never does any good.
3: I'd like some information about a girl who I understand was a tenant here, a Miss Pearl Carassa. The police were already here, Mr. Dollar.
8: Four times. And
3: Lieutenant Goldberg thanked us for our
2: cooperation.
8: She was such a nice girl. Quiet. home generous. Oh, yes, terribly. How
3: long was she with you?
8: How long was it, Howard? Uh, just two weeks. Just two weeks. But we got to know her so well. She was such a lonely girl. She used to come down after dinner sometimes and talk about music and all the places she'd been.
3: Well, where'd she come from originally?
8: She never said, but she'd been everywhere. In Florida? Everywhere.
3: Did she have any visitors? Oh, no. Oh, no, and the first thing she told us was no visitors.
2: If anybody asked for her, she wasn't home. Such a lonely girl. So pretty, too. You think she'd have boyfriends?
8: No, Mr. Dollar, no visitors.
3: Did she act as if she were frightened of something?
8: That's just what the police asked us, and we told them before, and we told them at the trial that we thought she was frightened.
3: we had a luggage here for a while, but the police took it. I've been through it, thanks.
8: Did you notice all the labels from all over everywhere? wonder what they're going to do with all those lovely dresses and shoes.
3: Look, I know the police asked all these questions, but did you happen to notice if she got any mail?
8: Yes, we did. She didn't. No, not a single letter, no.
3: Hmm. She spend much time away from her apartment?
8: Very little, only... Twice
2: a day, once in the morning and once in the afternoon, but she always came back within an
3: hour. I don't suppose you have any idea where she went.
8: That's right, we don't. Hmm. what did you say you were again?
3: Insurance investigation. Thanks for your time. Spence account item four, $50 in cab fares. It took me the rest of that day and half of the next visiting neighborhood postal substations. It looked like a beautiful way to waste time, but I was betting on the impossibility that her daily excursions had been for mail. This kind of foot padding taught me very little other than the fact that there are a good number of substations in any given half hour area. The second afternoon, I dragged into a fruit store which advertised postal station 324 along with a special on honeydew melon. I walked up to the little cage. Anything for Carassa today? Who? Carassa, general delivery.
9: Just a minute. Carassa?
3: Carassa. C-A-R-R-A-S-A, Carassa. Just a minute.
8: Yes, here we are. Please send postage to Las Vegas, Nevada.
3: I looked at the envelope. Pearl Carassa, all right. It had been forwarded from Las Vegas three days before. I said something to myself about hard work, patience, and fool's luck, then headed for a phone. Hello? This is Dollar Bob. On the Carassa thing, I'm still cold on the beneficiary, but... We've got the girl traced as far as Las Vegas.
1: That's a long haul for
4: a $5,000 policy. Do you have a final address on her
3: there? A letter was forwarded to General Delivery here in New York that was originally addressed to the Rambo Club. I got a permit and had it open. It's nothing but a dressmaker's bill. I guess the Las Vegas Postal Authority sent it on. That's all I got. You want me to follow it up? account, item six, $200, air travel and expenses to Las Vegas, Nevada, specifically the Rambo Club. It's always the same when I hit Las Vegas. I expect to find tuxedos and evening gowns playing the games, but I never do. A boot black comes in off the street with the last quarter he made and plunks it down on 21. A grandmother with a California pension, a redheaded kid with Oscar's super service tattooed on his overalls. I always ask myself, where's all the big money? The answer is they're getting rid of it in the back room.
1: Oh, Charlie, hey, jackpot on
3: the nickel one.
10: How <laughs>
1: do you like it? Oh, boy. Come on.
9: Come on. I told my relief I had to go powder my nose. What I really wanted was a drink. <laughs>
3: sly, real <laughs> sly. Is this taken?
9: No, sit down.
3: Thank you. Uh, what do you have, mister? Uh, a good bourbon, soda. Oh, thanks for your confidence in me. I'll fix you up. You worked here long? Mm, have I. You like Nevada?
9: Mm.
3: <laughs> What's your hometown?
9: Las Vegas, here i in the summer.
3: Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess you know a lot of people here, huh?
9: By sight, mostly. Very few by name. Everybody's a stranger.
3: Say, uh, maybe you know a friend of mine. I went to school with her. Uh, what was her name again? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Carassa. Pearl Carrassa.
9: Save me my drink, Eddie. I gotta get back to work.
8: Take it easy, mister.
4: Best bourbon in the house. Thanks. Yeah, uh, that's a buck and a half. This is a real clip joint.
3: Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Thanks. Say, wait a second. You know where I can find Mrs. Henrietta Carassa? She's the mother of a girl that used to hang around here. Pearl. Well?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think I can help you. Harry, take over.
1: Here's your buck and a half. Come on. Oh, I'm sure going to win
0: it this time. I'll tell you,
1: boys. Grace. Grace, will you
11: quit? Grace, will you? Will you quit, Grace? Grace, I'm telling you, quit. Listen to me, Grace. Will you quit?
7: Grace, quit. Ah,
3: shut up! The stairway led to the mezzanine. I followed the bartender along the thickly carpeted hall to a door labeled Peter Baron. My benefactor knocked, a shadow loomed on the frosted glass, and just like that, there he was. A long red gash of a scar ran across the left side of his face, twisting it into a humorless smile. The barkeep was dismissed with a nod. We sat down. Cigar? Thanks, no. What can I do for you? I'm looking for a Mrs. Henrietta Carassa. Why? I got business with her. What kind of business? Insurance. She don't need no insurance. Where can I find her? She don't need no insurance. Well, thanks, anyhow. Sit down. What for? You see this mark across my face? You know how I got this? Asking
2: foolish questions and not giving the right answers. Suppose you tell me what you want with Mrs. Henrietta
3: Carrassa. I'll tell Mrs. Carrasa you were interested. Oh, look, look. This is no way to talk to me. Now, I got a lot of respect for your business ethics and all that, but you know how it is sometimes. Now, come on, Mr. Insurance. What do you want with Mrs. Carrasa? Are you a pretty good shot with that thing? Thirty-eighths are my specialty. In that case, I've got a check. What kind of a check? A $5,000 kind of a check. From whom? A daughter. Pearl? Pearl. She left her mother $5,000. How did you trace Pearl to Las Vegas? Eh, never mind. You know what you look like to me? You look like a city official. It's the pinstripe. Now, how do I find Mrs. Carrasa? It's very simple. Mike. Mike, this is Mr... What's your name, insurance? Dollar, Johnny. Take Mr. Dollar to see Mrs. Henrietta Carassa. Treat him gentle. He's got some money for her. The place looked and sounded the same on the way out, but something was different. Maybe it was the four six-footers standing at the door. As they fell in behind me, I thought maybe I'd asked one question too many. At the alley, I found out how right I was.
2: He was a tough one. would have been easier to slip him a mickey.
5: In just a moment, we will return to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But first, you hear them all on CBS, and some of the funniest parts of that all comes from the bird brain of a woman, Miss Gracie Allen of Burns and Allen. Top troopers on the American stage for years, top radio stars after that. George and Gracie are now playing a big part in CBS's great Wednesday night lineup. Bing Crosby, Groucho Marx, George and Gracie, and Dr. Christian. Join George Burns and Gracie Allen this Wednesday night on most of these same CBS stations. And now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar.
3: There was a lot more to this case than a $5,000 insurance payoff. I'd sensed that from the beginning. A hired killer with a still unknown employer had searched out the girl in her New York hideaway and done a thorough, if not profitable, job. His warnings, which a man of my profession is bound to ignore, were beginning to materialize. As I woke up, I could hear voices. But it might be brought another wallet with him and left at the hotel, yeah. Took know. him in the alley and Joe and Harold. Oh, wait a minute Wait a minute. I think he's waking up. Hold his head. Okay. okay. you ought to get a doctor for him, maybe. Nah,
2: doctor. He looks terrible.
3: Dollar. Dollar, can you hear me? Dollar. Huh? Where are yeah. you from?
4: Yeah, hey, what's this insurance stuff?
3: Who are you really working for? Is it the New
4: York Police Department?
3: Where did you get these cards in your wallet?
6: Come on, Dollar. Answer me, Dollar. Mm.
3: Give me some water. Get him some water. Hey, get some water, Joe.
6: Now, sit up. Come on, come on, sit up.
3: Here, I'll help you. There. All right. All right, now, what's the idea? That's what we'd like to know. Where do you know Pearl Carassa from? Ooh, that name. Come on. I'm looking for her mother. What do you want with her mother? Uh, she left an insurance policy. A girl, five thousand dollars. Hey, here's the water. Thanks. Ah, who are you? Pete Barron. Oh yeah, yeah. The face is familiar. It mustn't be bitter, dollar. Why? Why questions? Look, I'm just a working man. It's it's so simple. There's a company in Hartford, an insurance company. They sold a policy. The girl aboard it is dead. Policy is for $5,000. The money goes to her mother. All I want to know is where is mother? No kidding. Are you really an in insurance man? No kidding. Well, why didn't you say so? Why didn't you come right out with it? Why don't you go sneaking into bars asking funny questions? Mister, do you know a Mrs. Henrietta Carassa? Here in Las Vegas. Here in Las Vegas. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll look it up for you. Thanks. Now... Lay me back down again. Expense account, item seven. Twenty dollars, doctor bills. Nothing serious, but I couldn't go out in the street looking like that. I stayed in my hotel room for two days until the swelling went down. On the third morning, I had a visitor. It was the girl who gave me the brush-off in Rambo's Bar. She had an overnight bag with her. There was a label, Bloomington, Indiana.
9: You're in trouble, you know that?
3: Three days ago, that information would have done me some good.
9: I'm in real trouble. You don't think Pete Barron let you out of there because he believed your story.
3: No more than you think you weren't followed here.
9: I know, I know. She'd never come here. But Pearl. Get a message to her, will you? Tell her never to show up here again. She won't. What do you mean she won't?
3: She's dead. We got to her. Do you know why? I gotta get out of here. Wait a minute. Uh why did Pete Barron hire Pruitt to kill her?
9: i go. i got to get out of here. She
3: came up here for a purpose. Yeah, but
9: I didn't know she was dead. You're going to let him
3: get away with it?
9: It's narcotics. The gambling place is up front. They fly it up from Mexico at night and get out by morning. Pearl found out about it, and that's why they did it.
3: Does Barron know Pearl told you all this?
9: I don't think so. But I'm not taking any chances. i got a bus ticket. It leaves from across the street. i only got a minute. Good luck,
1: honey. After she left, I
3: went to the window watched her leave the hotel and cross the street. A nice girl, I thought. And I wondered how she got mixed up with Barron's crowd. The bus door opened and she put one foot on the step. She crumpled to the sidewalk. The little overnight bag tumbled into the gutter. I got downstairs just ahead of the deputy sheriff just after the bus had left. The people were still standing around. She was a nice kid. You knew her? Not for long. Did you see this happen? Yeah. Step over here for a second, will you, please? May I have your name, please? Yes, yeah, sure. Here, here's my ID card. Insurance investigation. Something about her? Oh, a friend of hers. Pulled out of the East River. Pearl Carassa. Shot to death. Carassa? Yeah, you didn't know? Oh, we
4: heard she left town. That was about all. She got mixed up
3: with Pete Barron and her family disorder.
4: Well, did you see what happened to this girl?
3: She was just getting on the bus. Sounded like a rifle. She was working for Pete Barron, too. Yeah, I thought I recognized her. she just came up to see me. Had quite a story to tell. Barron's running narcotics up from Mexico by plane. Yes, so I've heard. We've had a eye on him for months, but we aren't ready to pick him up yet.
4: Why would she tell you that?
3: She had to tell somebody. She had a message she wanted me to deliver.
4: Pearl. This is beginning to tie up. Uh, But what's insurance got to do with it?
3: carassa girl left a policy, $5,000 to her mother.
4: (laughs) Her conscience must have bothered her. Comes from one of the finest families in this part of the country and starts downhill with a crowd
3: like that. Her mother needs $5,000 like I need two haircuts. And, mister, if I were you, I'd take that check out to Carassas and catch the next plane out of town. You know something, Sheriff? That's just what I'm going to do, and that's just what I tried to do. Expense account item eight fifty cents cab fare to the Carassa State on Juniper Drive. They should have charged admission. There was an ivied stone wall running all around it, and a mile drive through a cactus rock garden to the mansion. I felt a little like a grocery boy delivering a check for a measly five thousand dollars. I was met at the door by a butler in a business suit and was toured around an indoor swimming pool and potted palms to the library. Buried in a large leather chair reading a 25-cent version of How to Be Your Own Gardener was the man of the house. I was introduced and left alone with him. Insurance? Investigation. How long since you've heard from your daughter? Oh, such a long time,
6: such a long time. Is, Is she in more trouble?
3: She's dead, Mr. Carazzo
10: dead pearl dead can't be
3: what happened she's killed an accident no it wasn't
10: not an accident
3: someone hired a killer oh it's my fault
6: i knew i knew and i did nothing
7: gregory Gregory, i've been looking all over for you have you watered the palms today no. You didn't go off the palms. Now, Gregory, the leaves will get all yellow and fall all over the floor, and it'll take simply minutes to clean up the mess around the pool. And I told you specifically that the music club had changed from Wednesday to Monday, and Monday is tonight.
6: This is a man from the insurance company.
7: How do you do? Now, Gregory, please do this one thing for me. You know how much I have to do.
6: Henrietta,
3: it's Pearl.
7: I told you never to speak that name in my presence.
3: She's dead. Dead? She was murdered, Mrs. Grasser, in New York.
7: I'm not sorry. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. Not in the least. She's never done anything but bring shame to me and to her father. She brought these awful people to the house. To this house, mind you. Humiliating me in front of my friends. She even wanted to marry one of them.
6: Henrietta, please, not now, Henrietta.
7: I'm not adept at putting on false grief like you are, Gregory. She was no good. When she brought this man in, I told her right there and then, you're not my daughter. Go to the people that you fit in with. Well, this is the way it had to end. I'm going upstairs.
3: Uh, Mrs. Carassa, just one thing more. If you'll sign this paper, my job will be over. I have a check for you.
7: A check? What kind of a check?
3: She left you $5,000. Me?
7: She left me $5,000?
3: I
6: remember. The policy she took out in high school. She never cancelled it. Even when you sent her away.
7: I don't want it. I don't want it.
3: Tell me, do you know who killed my daughter? Well, the man that did the actual killing has already been executed in New York State. The man who hired him. It's only a suspicion I'd rather not say. Baron. What about this check? I i don't think she wants the money. You can tell your company that. Look, Mr. Krasner I've come a long way. I'll leave it here. You can sign the form and mail it. Do you mind calling me a cab? Expense account item nine, 50 cents cab fare. Just as we pulled out of the driveway, somebody else pulled in. I don't know if he saw me, but I saw him. It was Pete Barron.
4: Are you sure, Donner?
3: Positive. Sheriff, I woke up looking at that face. What would Barron be doing at Carassa's place? Could be a connection you didn't know about. Yeah, this could be the tie-up we've been looking for. Somebody who supplied the dough. It's a big operation. I'm sure Barron didn't have enough dough to start it. Well, what are we waiting for? I rode down with the sheriff. We bypassed the butler by taking him into custody. We heard voices coming from the library and stopped outside the door. business. I had to do it. She threatened to go to the police may have been your daughter, but she wasn't mine. Now,
6: why did you tell her? I didn't. She found out. She knew about us? Sure, she
3: knew about you. She knew about everything. She would have turned you and your wife in a long time ago if you hadn't been her parents, but she was willing to turn me in, and I did what I had to. It wasn't my idea, you coming into this thing, but now that you're in it, you got to learn that things like this happen. Yes, and things like this
11: happen, too. Come on. Drop it, Carranza.
3: And look who's here. Hello, Mrs. Carassa. Let's go, Carassa.
6: No, wait. I want you to know about this woman. I want you to know what she is. All respectability and shine. Chamber music and non-objective paintings in high society. And where did the money come from, Henrietta? From narcotics. From the same people you hated so much. Gregory, stop. I had a tile business before the war, but it wasn't good enough for her. She wanted this place, Italian marble, tapestries. Met Baron in back rooms and arranged to have me buy in his gambling casino. That was the first thing.
7: Don't you dare put the
6: blame on me. Whose idea was it to have the narcotics flown in? How many times did I beg you to stop? But you never listened to me. You couldn't keep from impressing the ladies and gentlemen. And when Pearl wanted to marry a decent young man, you insulted him right out of this house. This is the woman who sent her daughter away because her friends were not good enough. (laughs)
3: I don't think you need me anymore, Sheriff. I'll just take that check and go home. Expense account, item 10. $200. Transportation back to Hartford. I don't know what you can do with a check. If it were up to me, well, I'd use it to clean up the respectable slums but that's not my problem. Expense account total, $712.55. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
5: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis with music composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can currently be seen starring in the Harry M. Popkin United Artists production, D.O.A. Featured in our cast were High Aberback, Joseph Kern, Bill Johnstone, Bill Conrad, Martha Wentworth, Sarah Selby, Howard McNair, and Virginia Gregg. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. Join us again next week at this same time when, from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another transcribed adventure of... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
4: more pitiful sound in the world than that of a hungry child. And it's a sound which can be easily heard in Europe and Israel, Korea, and the islands to the east. You can do much to help alleviate this condition through your continued purchases of care packages. Help banish the sound of hunger through your donations of care packages now. There's a man with a little black bag turns up on most of these CBS stations every Wednesday night. And out of it comes some of the most lighthearted and most moving stories on the air. The man, why, it's Dr. Christian, of course. And tomorrow night's the night for another of his famous visits. Be sure to hear Dr. Christian starring Gene Hirschholt as the beloved small-town physician every Wednesday night. Now stay tuned for The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, which follow immediately over most of these same CBS stations. This is CBS, where Wednesday night is Bing Crosby night, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Hollywood. It's time now for Edmund O'Brien as...
5: Johnny Dollar.
9: Mr. Dollar, this is Mrs. Tackett. Did Mr. Hull talk to you about Abel?
3: Oh, yes, Mrs. Tackett, he did. He thought maybe you and I could get together this afternoon.
9: Yes, of course. Please, hurry. I certainly have a right to know if my husband...
5: Edmund O'Brien, in another transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Corinthian Life Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during the Abel Tackett matter. Expense account item one, five dollars transportation costs from Hartford to the New York address of Mrs. Abel Tackett. The apartment door was standing open, and I walked in. It was dark inside, except for the dim glow from a blue light at the head of the stairway, where the beat of drums came from a phonograph. There was a crude native mask on the wall with an idiot's grin, Something stale and heavy in the air. There was no one downstairs, so I went up. Walking up those stairs was like walking out of civilization. She was sitting on the arm of a chair in front of the phonograph.
9: You heard them. I did not want you to. You, you're a half hour early.
3: Well, that gives us a half hour more to talk. My plane leaves tonight.
9: What does the insurance company say?
3: I'm going to British North Borneo to look for him.
9: They do think he's alive, do they not?
3: The company always operates on that premise, yes.
9: The rain. That awful rain. There is no getting out of it, he says. Have you seen any of his letters?
1: No, I haven't.
9: I want to read you this. I'm lost. I've always been lost. I don't know who I am or what I am or what I was intended to do. I've played all the parts and been all the places. And found nothing of myself. The jungle is as nameless as I am. As nameless as, as lost. That was the last one.
3: From Borneo.
9: Vanderkin. Five years ago, next month. Six years since we were married in Paris. You must find him, Mr. Dollar.
3: Well, I'll tell you the truth, Mrs. Tackett. I'm afraid that I'll be looking for a dead man. After all, he's been gone a long time.
9: Maybe he just stopped writing.
3: Maybe he didn't. That's why I'm going over there.
9: Maybe he just stopped writing. Maybe. Maybe he wants nothing to do with me anymore. I woke up in the morning and he was not there. Just a note. He could be alive and not come back, could he not?
3: You told me he's been gone for five years. He has a paid-up policy. If he's dead, you receive over $700,000. If he's alive... What then? Do you think he'll come back?
9: No. But he'll be alive.
3: How old are you, Mrs. Tackett?
9: Twenty-four.
3: Look, I want you to promise me something. If I come back with proof of his death, you'll move out of here.
9: I promise. But you'll never prove that he's dead.
3: Expense account item two, $1,280.45 for the trip by air from New York to Chicago to San Francisco to Manila. Expense account item three, $200 on the first ship to Sandakan. They called me Super Cargo. I ate with the captain in his cabin.
1: Cooch
2: and tamar, edible bird's nest, a ah, filthy place. Hold me years in these waters and I never set foot on Borneo. Why would a white man go there? Not for diamonds. Malaria, maybe, or a new type of insanity. You look sensible enough. Who is this man, your brother?
3: No, never met him. But I've got to find him, that's all. Second
2: biggest island in the world. Three million souls. Doosans, Bahaus, Murads, Dayaks, uh, Ugliest people in the world. Took a young planter and his wife there. Six months ago it was. Carried the bodies back my last trip. How did they die? The jungle. Oh, come on, I'm a close-mouthed man. Who are you looking for? You wouldn't know him. His name is Abel Tackett. Abel Tackett? <laughs> I never heard of Abel Tackett. <laughs> you find me a hand west of Tawa who hasn't heard of him. You knew him? Nobody knew him. He wasn't a man to know. He was a man to talk about. I want to show you something. Look here.
3: That's a nasty scar.
2: Right across the chest. Abel Tackett. If you find him, give him me love. How did that happen? In Manila. He did it slowly as if he was enjoying it. Had a picture of a girl and I said something. Coffee?
3: No, thanks. Was it his wife?
2: His wife, perhaps. Or somebody else. Steward! Hot coffee! Hot coffee! Hot
10: coffee!
1: Hot coffee!
3: Something happened to men out here, men that might have been easy and calm anyplace else in the world. Something happened to them, hysteria, wild anger, madness. In the weakening heat, the sudden bursts of temper arose where men would kill over a matchbox. Channel fever, the crewmen called it, but perhaps there was another reason, the name of Abel Tackett.
10: This is my dream, that some night I find him asleep, that it is very dark, that I slip my knife into his throat, that I feel his life going, that I hear him to cry out. Oh, I want to hear him cry out.
3: What'll he do to you?
10: Unspeakable. Unspeakable. Oh,
11: I'll look for him. All, find him. Oh, knife. Shoot, kill, hate. Oh, suck it, devil.
9: Suck it, devil.
3: Sandakan, we crawled around the point. There is no coast. You never know where the land begins and the ocean stops. The mangrove swamps melt into the muddy water. The inevitable tin roofs of the tropics. The breathless heat of the equator. Sand again. I found the British North Borneo Company office next to an exporter's shop. The secretary to the assistant district manager pointed me into a rat chair and handed me a sweater. Oh, Abel Tackett. Oh, fabulous fellow.
11: Great strength, drive, power, you know. Uh, why are you looking for him?
3: Well, we understand that he was dead. We hold a policy on him. Tackett, dead? Oh, that's improbable.
11: Oh, he's quite a man. Um, I say, you didn't happen to bring any cigarettes, what? Uh, American
3: cigarettes? Sure. There's a cart. Quite... Oh, no, please, please, you spoil me.
11: What was he doing out here? Tackett? Oh, no one seems to know. Some say gold, diamonds, gutta percha, Escape, perhaps. He just popped in one day from Manila, got all the necessary papers, and headed into the interior residency. Not before he caused a bit of a ruckus in a native pub, however... Um, I say, you haven't been to London lately, have you? About a year ago. Oh, not since then, eh? Oh, (laughs) oh, shame. What I wouldn't give but some swept ginger beer. Splendid for the tropics. What is a case and it never came. I had to settle
3: for gin. (laughs) Look, can't anybody tell me about this man, Tackett? What is this legend, this myth? What? Oh, it's a paradox, Mr. Dollar. A man of great strength
11: and great weakness. Boy, like us all, in a way, (laughs) looking for something. Always looking for something. Now, but looking for what? Well, now, look, you're, you're trying to solve this thing in American terms. This is the tropics, Mr. Dollar, and here we admit the inexplicable. But I've got to have answers, Mr. Kenyon. Oh, no, you don't understand, Mr. Dollar. Here, look at this. map. This, you see here? Sandakan. Then you leave for the interior. 200 miles inland is Kwamut. Now, there's no trouble thus far. And he was reported to be there eight months ago. From KwaMut it's a different world. There's fever, reptiles of all sorts. It's not worth it, really. I mean, is it a large policy? $750,000. Oh, for a man living in Borneo, that must be a tremendously high premium. Well, <laughs> a million couldn't get me out there, and a thousand could
3: take me home. How do I get to KwaMut?
11: Uh, oh, by lorry. One of them goes up tomorrow with supplies for the garrison. We can fit you aboard, but... Oh, this is absurd, Dollar. Yeah, I know. Well, all right, then. I'll send you to Hargrove's, our representative there. Oh, what I say? Don't forget those cigarettes.
12: My husband's been going on like that for five days. He can't tell you anything.
3: I'm sorry to hear that, but can you tell me anything about...
12: Tackett? Wait till I close the door. Are you looking for Abel Tackett? The fever would never get him. You
3: know if he's alive?
12: Alive? Sure he's alive. How do you know? If you knew Abel Tackett, you'd know he's alive. We spent a lot of time together when I was on the coast. And did you know Tackett, in the State? Nope. Playboy, he told me. Said he wanted something, but never knew what. I told him what he wanted was love. He wouldn't stay, I and mean, then I tried to stop him from leaving, if you find him, what happened?
3: Depends how we find him. If he's alive, I suppose I'll try to talk him into going back home. If he's dead, I want the proof. You better go back to your husband.
12: Nothing I can do. Hey, look, Mr. Dollar, if you find him alive, I'm going to
3: try I... to send him home.
12: Tack, it'll never go back home. I'm going with you.
3: Not this trip.
12: I'm going with you. <laughs> Come in. Mr. Dollar, I want to talk to you.
3: I told you, Inez, I can't take you long. You better be getting back to your husband. He needs you.
12: He's dead. I'm free now. I've got to find Tackett, Mr. Dollar. Look, I can't... I can help you. I can get a good guide for you. He'll take you all the way to Penanga. I know the jungle, Mr. Dollar.
3: Please. What do you hope to accomplish?
12: I don't know. If I could talk to him, I could get him to come back to me. I know I could.
3: Look, Inez, I'm going to be very frank with you. I don't like you, and I don't trust you. And
12: you don't understand me. But I'll tell you this, you'll never find him without me. I knew him better than anyone else, and you have to have a good guide, and I can get it for you.
3: I'll get my own guide.
12: Someone sent supplies to him a month ago. I know who it was.
3: Okay, Inez. It's a bargain. Pack up. She took me to a trading post, and I met the owner who operated under the obviously false name of George Brown. To me, he looked big and clumsy, but he'd been trading with the interior for ten years. So I decided to take the recommendation, as if I could do anything else. Sure,
10: sure. I know where he is. At least I knew where he was a month ago. I've been trading with him for
3: over three years. Okay, when do we leave? (laughs) You
10: don't know what you're getting into, mister. Did you ever hear of Long Why? It's a village across the border in Dutch territory. We'll need four porters and supplies for a month.
3: When do we leave?
10: The last porters I sent into him never came back. The Porn and Dykes got the most likely. <laughs> They're
3: headhunters, you know. Which one of us are you trying to talk out of this, you or me?
10: I can always use $500. But that isn't all the pay I'm going to get. What do you mean? If I find Abel Tackett, I'm going to kill him.
5: We will continue with Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. But first, every Wednesday night, CBS brings you Groucho Marx with his wonderful quiz, You Bet Your Life. It's one of the brightest, most spontaneous, most genuinely funny shows on the air. So be listening this Wednesday night on most of these same CBS stations for You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx. Now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Expense account item five, $830, safari to Long Y, Dutch Borneo. One of the first things I learned about jungle travel was not to waste breath talking. Not until we made camp that night was their conversation.
10: Uh, a slow day. A woman slows us down. Where is she?
3: In her hammock. It couldn't be helped. It was a bargain. I, I didn't want her to come.
10: I wonder why he picked Long y.
3: I wonder a lot of things.
10: The easiest travel here is on the rivers. If he picked a river village, it would have been simple. This way, we have to fight for every foot. What are you going to do when we find him? What do you mean? <laughs> About Mark killing him.
3: I'll decide when the time comes, if it does. Maybe I don't think you'll go through with it. You know, if you really wanted to, you wouldn't have wait, waited for me to come along.
10: I suppose it was in the back of my mind before then... I knew something had to be done, but I hadn't decided. Now? Why had?
3: What did he do to you?
10: What does he do to everything? He spoils it. When the Punan and Dyaks are peaceful, my trade is good. When they're not, my trade is Oh now
3: look, Brown, you aren't going to tell me that this man is capable of stirring up a few thousand natives. That's that's ridiculous. Is it? Well, how does he do it? Why?
10: How? By being there in their country. They hate him, they're afraid of him. And when the Dyaks are trouble, they're dangerous. Why does he do it? I can't think of any reason. He makes no profit from it. He lives. He works a plot of ground. He hunts. I suppose it could be that he doesn't know he's doing it, but he is. He's got to be moved out. The only way to move Abel Tackett is to kill him. What? I'm going to turn in.
12: I heard part of what Brown was saying. What are you going to do?
1: Well, I'll
3: have to protect Tackett if I can.
12: Protect him? <laughs> that sounds funny. I never thought he'd have to take that from anybody.
3: You know what I'll be protecting. you better get some sleep. Wait. What now?
12: Why do you hate him? You know, you've never even met him.
3: Well, I've talked to people who have. To a ship's captain with a, with a knife scar across his chest. And a little deckhand from Manila with a hurt so deep he couldn't talk about it. You and your husband, a few others. And I met his wife.
12: He's never talked to me about her.
3: Oh, that's the first thing I've heard in his favor. Maybe he's human enough to be ashamed of what he's done to her. Maybe he realizes what he meant to her. And that she'd stop living when he left. Because that's what he's done.
12: It's not all his fault. The trouble he had in Manila and Sandakan. He told me the men thought he was afraid of him. He wanted to show him he wasn't. He'd never known people like that. I didn't know how to get along with him.
3: Say, that it. it doesn't make any difference how I feel about him. We'll get to him as quickly as we can. I'll figure out some way to stop Brown if he makes a try.
12: Maybe that'll be too late. But Brown's going to be stopped, Mr. Dollar, I promise. If you don't do it, I will.
3: Go get some sleep. We break camp at dawn. Lying in my hammock looking up at the solid ceiling of foliage that hid the sky, and with the unaccustomed language of the jungle bothering my ears, I tried to get a fair perspective of the situation, but I couldn't. I couldn't answer any of the questions. I dropped off to sleep realizing that I was more than anxious to meet the amazing Abel Tackett. There was no sign of real danger until the third day, only the painful monotony of slashing at vines with heavy knives, fighting insects, stumbling over half-concealed ankle-high branches, of sweat-filled boots and soggy clothing, and a hundred other arguments against Borneo.
10: Mind the plant that looks like a fern here. Got it. It carries a brutal sting. This is the one, Inez. Watch it.
9: I see it. I'm...
10: Hold up!
1: Come on! What is it?
10: I wondered about that. What did he say? Head hunting. They found a body on the trail. Coming along?
3: Yeah. Better stay here, Inez.
10: Uh, I wondered about that. It's been too quiet. We haven't spotted a dyak since we started. This section is usually swarming with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
11: -hmm. Poor beggar.
3: How does that look to you, Mm Gola? You still think the natives aren't stirred up?
10: Oh, it looks like they're stirred up for him. Poor beggar. Uh, he can thank your man, Tackett, for what he got. Uh, we don't have to look at him. Uh, it's the work of a Punan. You can tell by the clean wound. Their mandows are the sharpest ones in the island. They know we're coming, Inez. Yeah. How do you know
3: that? I know them. They
10: hide the bodies. They don't leave them on trails unless they've got
3: a reason to. Like telling us to stop, huh?
10: That's right. Look at those boys of mine. Waiting to see what I'll do. Waiting the chance to slip in, into the brush and head for home. Can you hold them? I can hold them. I'll shoot the first one that tries to leave, and they know it.
12: Come on, Major it's the a horse!
10: We'll have to make a camp here. They're great people for Romans. I told them to start hooking for good ones. Yeah, and I know them. It'll take the rest of the day and half the night to find enough to move them towards long wire again.
3: How do the omens look to you? Uh, I can't say yet.
10: The headhunters know we're coming, but they don't know why. If They knew we were coming after Tackett. Each in our own fashion, so to speak. I, I don't think there would be any trouble from them. Or well, they don't know. And there's no way to tell them.
12: You're blaming Tackett for this?
10: I am. You stupid
12: fool! Do you really believe in this idiotic stand you've taken against him? Or is it a convenient answer for some mistake you made with the natives? I can't be quiet.
3: Inez, stop it.
12: Don't you believe it? Make her shut up, Dollar. I'll shut up after you've answered Stop
3: me. Stop it. We've had enough. We don't need hysteria and I'll be quiet, will you? You not
12: answer me, will you? They've been headhunters from the beginning. So tell me why Tackett is to blame for what you found on the trail. Tell me why. Oh, I will, if you'll shut up long enough to hear it. You've been in Borneo too long. I know what the tropics do to men like you. I know the people. For ten years I've learned to know them.
10: I understand about headhunting. To the dyak ahead of the strongest magic in the world... Strong enough to bring rain, make things grow. Strong enough to protect the whole Kampong from plague or anything else. Like enemies.
12: You should have been born in one of their filthy huts. You think like one.
10: I Forget it. it, Brown. Forget it. Uh, She'll find out I'm right. Headhunting was almost stopped until Packett came here. Then it started again. Because they hate him. Because they're afraid of him. That's why they're collecting heads again, and that's the truth.
12: Blame everything on Abel Tackett. If you can't find another reason for something, blame it on Abel Duncan. Oh, I've had enough! Brown, ah! Brown,
3: what the devil's the matter with you?
10: You heard her. Uh, I've been in Borneo too long.
3: Tension, hysteria, everything out of proportion. The distorted perspective of the jungle, where emotions become sensitive as skin. Inez wanted to love Tackett. George wanted to kill Tackett. I wanted nothing but proof of his existence. Yet all of us were of one mind and one thought. All our efforts were directed toward Tackett. And Borneo was keeping us from him. We started to move again in the next morning. That day and the next were easier, physically at least. The country cleared some and we started to climb out of the humid jungle... Into a section where Thanks to be for more joining air. us at
0: 1001 Radio day, Days, your home for the best dark. of golden age radio, when radio was king. Was if you enjoyed tomorrow? tonight's show, please oh, do take a moment and send cool. us a review. We always appreciate what reviews, then, and they help new listeners find us. I was going to ask you Until next time, thing. this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, like and we'll dollars. be back soon Thanks. at 1001 one can't Radio can't Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up so 1001 sure Radio Crime Solve. How would you get back to the same thing. 1001 I've been Radio asking Crime Solve.
3: Same thing. I'd be
0: stupid to take this the is gamble, your host, but John Hagedorn, And now we'll be back right. soon.
3: Yeah, that's the way it is. What? first sight of the village of Long Wye was from a low hill. It was veiled by the slanting sheets of rain that floated across. A welter of huts, two larger buildings for gatherings, but not a sign of life. Abel Tackett's hut was barely visible, a mile or so down the shallow valley. We started down toward it. What do those drums mean, Brown, do you know?
10: Yes, I know. Mama (laughs) Taloo. A happy little ceremony when the headhunters come home. It could turn sour if they knew we were here, but I I think we can move across the clearing. Let's go.
12: What are you going to do, Dollar? Aren't you even going to warn him? All right, if you won't, I will.
1: Abel! Come on, take her.
12: Keep her
10: quiet. Come on, Dollar. I'm going
1: inside.
3: Wait a minute, Brown. We'll go in together.
10: Tackett! I came here for nothing. He's already dead. Is that Tackett? Must be. They stopped being afraid of him. I wonder how long it'll take to undo the trouble he's caused here. Abel Tackett. And he's
3: dead. There was the body of a man lying on the floor. Dirty duck shorts and jacket. But no papers. I couldn't positively identify him as Abel Tackett. The natives who had killed him were headhunters. Expense account items 6 and 7, same as 2 and 3, transportation back to New York. Item 8, cab fare to the address of Mrs. Abel Tackett. She seemed neither sad nor happy to see me or to hear what I had to say. He died, Mrs. Tackett, of fever. He was in the interior... There was no time to get him to a doctor. You saw him? No, I didn't.
9: Then you can't be sure. There's no proof.
3: But Mrs. Tackett, absolute proof has a... has a different meaning in Borneo.
9: He wanted to lose himself, didn't he? He could have changed his name. He could even have traded his identity with someone else. Couldn't he?
3: He's dead, Mrs. Tackett. Look, I want you to go to probate court, even without absolute proof, With with what I brought back, you can have him declared legally dead. You're his sole heir. There are no other living relatives. His estate, his fortune, they're yours. They're yours to live with. That's why he left them to you. You can't go on struggling with a false hope. Please, Mrs. Tackett, don't stop living just because he did. You've got to believe me. Abel Tackett is dead.
9: He's not dead. He's alive. He's living somewhere. And as long as he's alive, I'm alive.
3: There was nothing to do. I left her in the old house with her records and her dark walls and her old letters. I left a young woman dying there, and there was nothing I could do. I walked out into the clean, fresh air and went home. Expense account total $4,075.80. And for what? The only constructive thing I can make out of it is that it made me an expert on pure, unadulterated frustration. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Yours truly,
5: Johnny Dollar stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis with music composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can currently be seen starring in the Harry M. Popkin United Artists production, D.O.A., Featured in our cast were Maria Palmer, Tudor Owen, Raul Chavez, Ben Wright, Chris Kraft, and Dan O'Herlihy. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. Join us next week at this time when, from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another transcribed adventure of... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of golden age radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1,001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.